Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in San Francisco, California with my new friend Ruth Carlson, the author of Secret San Francisco by Reedy Press. Ruth's family moved to the Bay Area when she was just 17. She loves how the city treasures its history, and it's one of the most European cities in the U.S. It's a walking city with little villages and food from almost every country around the world. In this episode, Ruth and I talk about watching the Blue Angels at Fleet Week, seeing the murals at Coit Tower, and exploring the schooners at Hyde Park. You'll hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash San Fran. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Indulge in the timeless production of O by Cirque du Soleil, an aquatic tapestry of artistry, surrealism, and theatrical romance performed in, on, and above the water. Intermission is over, now performing only at Bellagio Las Vegas. Buy tickets now at CirqueDuSoleil.com forward slash O, or learn how to enter to win one of three pairs of tickets by visiting today's show notes. Hey, Ruth, welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite cities, San Francisco. When I lived in California, it was like an awesome weekend getaway for, for my wife and me. And then I would go up there for business a lot. And I just love being able to be in, in San Francisco because it was such an awesome walking city. And it's like vastly different than like the car culture in, in Southern California. So once we got connected through Reedy Press, I'm like, oh, it's going to be awesome to be able to hear you and, and hear all your tips for the city that, that I totally love. Oh, well, thank you. I, I agree with you. I love this city. So what's your connection to San Francisco? Well, I live here. Uh, my family, I grew up in Iowa, in Dubuque, and they called it Little San Francisco. It had Victorian houses. It had houses above the river. It had hills, unlike the rest of Iowa. It was very hilly. And it had a cable car. It just went up and down one hill, but it had a cable car. So <laughs> it was ironic that my father's job transferred him out to the Bay Area when I was 17. So I've been here ever since, and uh, I'm actually an international travel writer primarily, and I haven't found a better place to live in San Francisco. It's pretty great. Oh, that's awesome. So if you had to describe the the city or the people in one or two words, how would you do that? I would say uh, it's very European. A lot of people say it is the most European city in the United States. It is a walking city. It's not car-centric. It has 600 stairways, and that's a great way to discover the city, these hidden stairways. You really see a different part that you wouldn't see if, if you're in your car. It's amazingly beautiful, and San Francisco cares about that. They care about their history. The cable cars are not cheap to keep up, but uh, you know they don't make money on them, even though you pay a lot of money to ride them. They kept those going, and the Victorian houses, they cost a lot of money to keep up, but they care about their legacy. And so it, it, people take their time to eat their meals like they do in Europe. They care about their food a lot in San Francisco. So uh, to me, it feels very European. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the, the Victorian houses. Those are like the painted ladies, correct? Correct. Yeah. And then uh, for people that like the show Full House, that was filmed there in, in uh, San Francisco as well, or at least like the, the facade of the house was. Yes. Yeah. The facade. And, and uh, the painting uh, of the outside of the house has changed a number of times because new owners have come in and I think maybe tried to dissuade a lot of the Instagram folks from coming by, but um, <laughs> It hasn't. <laughs> they still go by that or take a photo. Oh, nice, nice. Right on. So if people are planning their, their trip to San Francisco, what time of the year should they visit? Because I know the weather there is a little little off kilter, I guess you would say, because I know like the I think it's Mark Twain has a saying that the coldest winter he ever spent was the summer in San Francisco. 
So, uh, <laughs> well, actually, there is no evidence that Twain said that. And Mark Twain scholars, that's in my book, Secret San Francisco. A lot of Mark Twain scholars say he never did say that. He was talking about Paris. But summer in San Francisco is not the best time to come. It's sad. You see the tourists out there in shorts and shivering. Because they, a lot of them say, well, I thought it was like Los Angeles. No, it's not. It's San Francisco. <laughs> we get the fog in the summer. We get the wind. We, it's cold in summer. The very best time to come, almost always guaranteed good weather, is the fall. September, October, gorgeous. It's so clear. There's no wind. It'll be 70s, 80s. Not too hot. Just perfect. And that, to me, is it's just perfect. I tell everybody, no, you have to come in the fall. Yeah. No, my wife and I made the mistake. We came there, I think it was late May, early June, and we went to a Giants game, and we sat up in the upper deck, and we were right at the absolute tip corner of the of it, like where the overhang is, and man, it was incredibly cold. Uh, we actually went and like, applied for a credit card just to get a free blanket, so that way we can, <laughs> we can stay warm. <laughs> yes, the vendors down at Fisherman's Wharf, they make a good living selling sweatshirts in, in June, July, August. <laughs> Right on. Well, like you said, the, the fall is kind of like the best time to visit as far as the weather. But what about some of like the events that happen throughout the year? Well, in the fall is, to me, the best event of the entire year. It's Fleet Week. And so you have the Blue Angels putting on fantastic shows. And if you want to, you can spend a lot of money to sit in a bleacher, be in a VIP area. But really, anybody can watch it on the beach or just along the marina green. It's a great show. And then during that time... They have the Italian-American Heritage Parade, and they close down the streets. The restaurants put their tables out on the sidewalk. Uh, there's marching bands. There's the Queen of North Beach. It's a very fun event, and so I encourage everybody to go to that one. That's awesome. I, as a big fan of pizza, I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Italian food is the best. Yeah, in North Beach, it's great. Right on. Well, are there like certain like concerts or like you know, those type of things that happen throughout the year as well? Yes, outside lands at Golden Gate Park, and that's in the summer. So I encourage people to dress warmly for that. I know my, my nieces and nephews love that one. And then the opera, the San Francisco Opera, often has free concerts at the ballpark throughout the year. Outside lands is in the summer, and uh, so is Stern Grove. And Stern Grove is in the part of the city that is quite chilly. It's near the ocean. San Francisco is not very large. It's only 49 miles, but it's amazing one end of the city to the other, how much colder it can be. So ironically, they have these concerts in the summer outside when it's cold, but they're pretty amazing. They're free, and you're in this gorgeous setting. It's like being out in the woods, and they have the opera there, the ballet there, concerts, and it's all free, open to the public. So that's another fun event. I think in that, that kind of area, that's where like the, uh, the San Francisco Bridge is, right? And one of the things that I did a few years ago with my wife, which, again, I didn't realize at the time she didn't know how to ride a bike, uh, oh. <laughs> but we were going to go biking. A, a friend recommended we go biking across the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh-huh. And we pull out of the bike shop and I'm, I'm like halfway down the road and I turn and look to say something to her and she's not there. Uh, <laughs> I come back and she's like, well, I didn't want to admit that I didn't know how to ride a bike. I'm like, okay. So we, we exchanged the bikes. We got a tandem bike. <laughs> so we then take a tandem bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. At that time though, they were doing work on the bridge. And so- oh. All, all the people were like on one side. And so you got people walking and riding bikes and skateboarding in both directions. And that was quite an adventure trying to get across the bridge and not, run, not running people over and everything like that. But yeah, like 
uh, riding a bike is is definitely something fun to do. We were there like in January, so it was actually pretty warm during that trip. Yeah, it can be warm in the wintertime. It can be 75, 80. You just never know unless uh, we've had drought for a number of years, of course, so we haven't had rain. But even when we have rain, it, we can have lovely sunny days in the wintertime. But yeah, a lot of people like to rent a bike, go across the Golden Gate Bridge. And there is a bike lane now and there's a walking lane. So hopefully you won't have the kind of <laughs> experience you did. And they ride it into a Sausalito and then they can take the ferry back to the city. It's, it's a great experience. That's perfect. Yeah, especially because you get a little tired maybe riding the bike because there are a lot of hills in San Francisco. I'm just taking that ferry. I guess the, the views there are really pretty. Oh, the views are amazing, and the ferry is inexpensive. And if you get a clipper card, someone I encourage everybody to do, it's cheaper. And it works on the ferry. It works on BART. It works on buses. It works on the cable cars. It works on the streetcars. It works on everything. So it's, it's really good to invest in that. Uh, and you can get it at Walgreens, or you can get it online for the clipper card website. Okay. Yeah. So you can, you can either get it when you get there at the, at the drugstore, or you can order online ahead of time. That way you're, you're ready to go as soon as you arrive. Exactly. Either way. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's take a step back for a second. I am in Nashville now, or people may be listening or in other parts of the country or even international, and they want to get to San Francisco. What's the best way? Cause I know there's a couple of different airports that are there. What one do you recommend? And then how do we get around from the airport to the city? That's an interesting question because San Francisco International Airport is the largest one, and it is the only airport that has an accredited museum. Uh, It has a whole staff there that puts up exhibits as you walk around the airport. So if you are stuck there for a while, you get to look at that. And the reason I say if you're stuck there is that we do get fog, and so that can delay flights. If you go across the Bay to Oakland, which is only about a half hour away, they don't get the fog. They're sunny. So that is um, also a good alternative. They're not as large and they don't have as many flights. So it might be cheaper to go to San Francisco, but you never know. There's new airlines coming out all the time with cheap flights. San Jose is only about an hour south. They're also good. Um, And then Santa Rosa is an upstart (laughs) airport. It's small, but it also has a lot of cheap flights for people coming in the U.S. And San Francisco and Oakland both have direct access to Bay Area Rapid Transit or BART as everybody calls it here. And so once you get there, you can hop on BART and get right into the city. That's a lot cheaper than getting a, a cab or an Uber. Yeah, that's awesome. Because when I used to live in Southern California, I would fly into Oakland all the time, primarily because of the, that issue with, with the fog in, in San Francisco, but also because the flights were generally cheaper in Oakland. When I used to fly, it, they didn't have that direct connection to the BART. You had to take like the little bus to take you over to the BART station and everything. It was a little bit of a, a little bit of a hassle. Now you got the little monorail that, that goes between the two, which is makes it so much uh, simpler and easier. And for people that are, are trying to figure things out where the BART station is there for the Oakland airport, that's where the A's play and, and the, well, the Raiders used to play there, but the Oakland A's play there too. Yes. For now. <laughs> yeah. for now. <laughs> We're hoping they stay. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Okay. So because we have the, the BART, we don't need to worry about renting a car when we visit there, right? Because Parking is incredibly expensive and a little bit uh, difficult, right? You don't want to rent a car if you're going to be just in San Francisco. If you're going to go to Napa, if you're going to go to Santa Cruz, Carmel, then you'll need to rent a car. But what I recommend to people is they get into the city and then use, we have an amazing number of public transportation options. My favorite one is walking. It's a great walking city, but there are hills, so you have to be aware of that. But there's also the bus, the muni bus. There's also the cable car, which is a great way to get around if you can get on it. There's also the streetcars. There's, um, of course, ride shares. So there are a number of options that you can use. And parking is impossible in the city. I think they're really trying to get it to be a pedestrian-only city because (laughs) there is no parking. 
if you can come in through BART from the East Bay or now from Fremont down near San Jose, then you're going to be okay because then you can use ride share or use public transportation. But if you drive in and try to find parking, it's going to cost a fortune. And unfortunately, we also have a lot of car theft of people stealing things in cars. So I recommend if you come to the city, don't bring a car. Okay. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So when, when thinking about that, we, we've taken BART to get into the into the city and, and we're looking around. What part of the town should we look at as far as booking our hotel? I really like uh, the Presidio. It has two hotels there and you're right next to, you have beautiful views of the Golden Gate Bridge and you're right next to the marina area, which is really fun and a great walking area, flat. It's a nice flat area. And they all have shuttles that'll take you down to Union Square if you want. They'll take you to different places around town. So I love that area myself to stay. That's what I recommend to my out-of-town visitors. Okay. And is there any areas that we should try to avoid? You don't want to go to the Tenderloin. That that is a dangerous area. And a few places south of Market can be dangerous. So I I would avoid those. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit of the things we should do when we're visiting there. Obviously, like we mentioned, the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, Alcatraz, uh, some of the museums, those are all like things I think people kind of know about. But your book is like Secret San Francisco. So you know some hidden gems within the city that maybe a lot of the listeners don't know about. Sure. Uh, well, as I mentioned before, walk. Try those some of those 600 stairways to see a different part of the city. You can walk up to Coit Tower, which has amazing murals back from the 1930s. And that's a great place to explore. The Coit Tower was started by a, a woman who volunteered with the fire department. Lillian Hitchcock Coit and donated money for some sort of sculpture. And they built Coit Tower. A lot of people say it looks like a fire engine hose, but supposedly the the sculptor said that was not their intention. And uh, we had at one time in San Francisco in early 1900 an emperor of San Francisco, Emperor Norton. He was a man who lost all his money and uh, really kind of lost his mind and decided that he was emperor of the city, and he dressed up in regal attire, and he had his own money, his own currency, that he would ask people to give him (laughs) money for. And the city loved him. He got free opera seats, ballet seats. He got free dinners. Everyone just loved Emperor Norton. And these days, Joseph Amster leads a Emperor Norton tour around San Francisco. It's, It's really a fun time, and he shows you the history of San Francisco as well as some of the current things that are really fun. Gosh, there are so many things to do in the city. North Beach is a great place to experience Italian food. If you want to see big schooners, I would avoid the crowds at Pier 39 and go down to Aquatic Park, Hyde Street Pier. They have these historic schooners that you can go to lead tours for very little money, and you won't have the crowds. Uh, the water taxi. So many locals don't even know about the water taxi. So I love to go down to the ferry building on Saturday mornings, go to the farmer's market, and then grab the water taxi down to Fisherman's Wharf. And then you can see the sea lions without all the crowds on the docks. You see them from behind. You get right up close and personal in a boat. Those are some of the things I love to show people. And also, I have to uh, mention Musee Mechany down at Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, It has very old amusement park arcade games, like from 1800s. And also some from the 70s. And everybody I've taken in there, no matter what age, old, young, in between, loved it. You just get your quarters and go crazy in these machines. It's just, and it's right on the water. It's got this beautiful view. It's just a really fun time. That's really awesome. Now, one of the things that 
uh, I think San Francisco is really known for is Lombard Street, and every it has like the reputation as like the the windiest or curviest or whatever street in the world. But there's actually a different one that's probably even more curving and twisty, right? Yes, Vermont Street. Lombard Street is very pretty. It has beautiful garden as you wind down and you see beautiful flowers that all the neighbors, by the way, put in. The city doesn't do that. But Vermont Street is crookeder out on Petrero Hill. It's just not as pretty. <laughs> so every Easter, though, they have a big wheels contest where adults and some children, they let children go first, <laughs> have these big wheels bicycles that they they go down this crooked street on and it's just a big <laughs> festival it's it's crazy like san francisco <laughs> that's awesome okay so if people are planning to come there and maybe they're really into museums what are some of the museums they should really visit well the de young museum is amazing but a lot of people don't know about the legion of honor which is just beautiful it's just this 1930s art deco just the building itself is gorgeous to look at then there is the san francisco museum of art but there are a lot of other museums a lot of people don't know about, like the Cartoon Museum, tiny little museum down in Fisherman's Wharf, but very fun. There's also the Greg Angelo Museum. A lot of the locals don't even know about the Greg Angelo Museum. It's a suburban house, and Greg Angelo and his artist friends have turned this into a circus. There's time capsules that spin, there's hidden doors, there's paintings that are psychedelic or what you would think would be psychedelic. There's performers acrobats, trapeze artists, and every single room has a different theme. There's Arabian Nights, there's a spaceship, there's a bathroom under the sea, and a pink stuffed animal cave. You expect to see Salvador Dali <laughs> at any time. Walk out there. That sounds incredible. <laughs> it really is. Like a lot of fun. All right. Well, I know we're, we're kind of running out of time here a little bit, but we don't want to miss out on talking about some of the amazing food. We, we kind of hinted at that a little bit towards the beginning. So let's talk about some of the, the recommendations for food places. I know also that there's the, the Chinatown there and some other kind of villages within San Francisco. And so you get some amazing food in these little villages where you just have kind of an enclave of people, right? Yes. North Beach is the Italian place. I mean, it's hard to go wrong there. There are so many different great spots there. Uh, and then, of course, Japantown, Chinatown. All over the city, there are places like State Bird Provisions out on Fillmore Street, which is like dim sum. They come around in carts, but it's not Chinese food, and you have to get the quail there. That's the thing that everybody gets on that menu. There are classic places like Tadich Grill, which has the oldest restaurant in San Francisco, um, and there you have to get the crab if it's in season. If it's not, I'd, I'd get the sand dab. And uh, Sam's Anchor Cafe Tony's Pizza in North Beach, they always win international awards, best pizza, their marguerite pizza, you have to try that. There's just so many to name. I, uh, China Live is a new place in Chinatown, it's fantastic. Be sure and, and try their dim sum. Well, so many great options. One of the things that I remember when I used to stay kind of down the street from Chinatown, I think it was like down one of the alleys, they actually have a place where you can create your own fortune cookies. You can like, insert your own message. Yes, that is so fun. Yes, it is a fortune cookie place where you write in your own message. But in fact, what I found out after writing this book is that fortune cookies actually originated in Japan. During World War II, the Japanese could not make fortune cookies, in the United States anyway. And so the Chinese took over at the Golden Gate Park Japanese Tea Garden, and they started making them. And they're the ones who put the fortunes in. And the soldiers came from World War II from all over the United States, 
And they loved them. So they went back to their hometowns and said, hey, why don't you make these? And that's how we got the fortune cookie that we enjoy today. But it really started in Japan. <laughs> what a story. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. And the Japanese tea garden in Golden Gate Park is also a great place to go to, as well as the entire Golden Gate Park, which is larger than Central Park. I don't know if a lot of people realize that. And it has a model boat racing area, a little lake. It has a lake where you can paddle boat. It has a horseshoe range. It has just about everything that you can imagine. Windmills. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> park. That's really awesome. Well, Ruth, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. Uh, it's like bringing back so many awesome memories for me, and I, I can't wait to be able to go there and bring my wife and kids and explore again. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only has time for one meal when they visit San Francisco, where should they go and what should they eat? Well, I have to say the Tadich Grill. It is the oldest ongoing restaurant in San Francisco. It has these wooden booths that even have curtains if you need a little privacy while you have your meal. It's just a fun place. The bartenders, the waiters have been there forever. They have great stories they can tell you if you sit at the bar. And you have to get the crack crab if it's in season. It usually starts around Thanksgiving. If not, sand dabs. What are sand dabs? Little sand fishes. <laughs> Local. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never heard that no term before. They're just a little white fish in San Francisco. Okay, cool. So, Ruth, you've lived in San Francisco since you were basically in high school. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of great memories throughout the year. Which one are you most memorable? Well, I'd have to say uh, one night I grabbed a cable car to take home. I'm lucky enough to live right across the street from it. That's another tip for people. Don't wait in those long lines for the cable car. Go to the little signs that have the cable car written on it and take it from there. And if you do, they'll think you're local. So I was the only person cable car that night. I was so excited. I was like running up and down the car. It was nobody but me and the conductor. And we, we had a great time talking. He told me some wonderful stories. And he also said, please tell people, this is not a Disneyland ride. I'm always worried about them falling off. They don't understand this is a real <laughs> mode of transportation. And they jump around and climb around. And I want them to know that you, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, those things are, are serious business. And if you fall and it runs you over or, or something like that, man, you are going to be in a world of hurt. Yeah, luckily, we, we, we haven't had anything like that happen, uh, but that is an issue. For sure. Well, let's uh, let's move a little bit more happier uh, talk. So where's, where's the happiest happy hour in San Francisco? Well, I love to tell people about Le Central, spelled like central. Herb Kane, who was a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle for, gosh, decades, and really everybody knew Herb Kane and listened to whatever he wrote in his column. He would write about society and, and gossip, but, but also what's going on in the city. And Herb had lunch there every day with Will, Willie Brown, who was our uh, mayor for a long time and then a state assemblyman, and Wilkes Bashford, who owned a very fancy men's clothing store. They'd have lunch there every day, and they have this happy hour that's amazing. It starts early. It starts at like 3, and their regular price items, mussels, hamburgers, are marked way down. And it's just a great way to experience San Francisco, kind of the real San Francisco, traditional San Francisco. And you might see Willie Brown in there. I saw him in there the other day. Well, that's really cool. I mean, I, there's very few places you can go where you can reliably see kind of people from history, right? The people that have like made the town and, and kind of made it what it is today. And, and so that's really awesome to be able to do that. Yes. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I, I travel is like check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in San Francisco? Well, you have to go to Tony's in North Beach. He wins international awards. His pizza crust is amazing. The famous one is the marguerite, but he also has a pepperoni that's great. 
And if you go there, try to sit at the bar. Ravel is a kind of famous bartender in San Francisco. I don't know what he does, but he seems to be magic. He just brings everybody together. Every time I've been there, I have met fascinating people next to me, uh, the whole bar, really. A lot of them are people who have been in San Francisco a long time, grew up there, or their families did. And they always have interesting things to say and, and recommendations on where to go and what to do. And I never had a bad time there. That sounds like a perfect place for me. Now, I know that you, you obviously you've written the book on San Francisco, Secret San Francisco, but you've also been an international travel writer for, for many years. What's your best travel tip? Well, I say talk to the locals. You know, go to the coffee, coffee shop, go to the bar, try to talk to locals, ask them where to go, ask them what to do. Because travel books are going to tell you, you know, in San Francisco, of course, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge, Alcatraz. But there are so many other things that locals go to that they really... They'll tell you, but, you know, they kind of keep it secret. They don't want them in guidebooks. So I say talk to the locals and find out what they recommend. Uh, that, absolutely. I, that's why I created this show, because a lot of people, I mean, I, I'm that guy. Like, I will I will come and talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't want me to, I will come and talk to you. But uh, a lot of listeners, maybe they're not that brave. Maybe they don't feel that comfortable. Or if they're traveling internationally, they, they don't feel comfortable with the language or whatever. And so that's what the, that's what this whole show is about, because uh, not everybody's comfortable enough talking to a local. But hopefully by listening to some of these episodes, they'll realize that locals like you want to share all the awesome things to do in their city. And so I encourage people to go out when you do travel, whether you're sitting on the, the airport shuttle, you're sitting in a, you know, on the subway or you're sitting at a bar, strike up a conversation with somebody and, and you'll never know what you're going to find. And San Franciscans love their city. And they do love to talk about it. And they do, they, they're very friendly people and they really do like to tell tourists where to go and what to do because they're so proud of it and they love it so much. And yeah, that, that's a great tip too. I think that's the number one tip. Listen to your show. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show. I know we've been talking for a while and I'm certainly glad that Reedy Preston introduced us. Can you tell the audience a little about what you do and then about your book and give us a little hint about the book that you're working on? Sure. Well, for about uh, more than 20 years, I've been an international travel writer. And then I decided to write about San Francisco, which I dearly love. And so I wrote Secret San Francisco, a guide to the weird, wonderful and obscure. And just recently finished Secret California, a guide to the weird, wonderful and obscure. So I got to go up and down the whole state and it was so much fun. It was wonderful exploring things. Well, that's awesome. We'll, we'll include links to all that in the in the show notes for sure. Uh, that way, if anybody wants to buy your book, if they have questions about your book or about San, about San Francisco, like what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Well, on Instagram, Talking Travel Gal. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Talking Travel. My Facebook is Ruth Carlson, but I always put my maiden name in parentheses. There's so many Carlsons out there. Wurtzberger, W E R T Z B E R G E R. And I also have a website, TalkingTravel.com, where they can order the books if they want. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Terrific. Thank you. What a fun conversation with Ruth. I just love how walkable the city is, and the cable cars are such a great experience. You can find all the links we talked about today at WeTravelThere.com forward slash San Fran. We want to say thank you to Cirque du Soleil for being today's sponsor. Intermission is over. Oh by Cirque du Soleil is now performing only at Bellagio Las Vegas. Buy tickets now at CirqueDuSoleil.com forward slash O or learn how to win one of three pairs of tickets by visiting today's show notes. Join us next time as we visit Cincinnati, Ohio to speak with my new friend Rick Pender of RickPenderWrites.com. In this episode, Rick and I talk about watching the Riverfest fireworks, 
Ballet at the Civic Music Hall, and riding coasters at King's Island Amusement Park. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of your upcoming destinations.